Hey, I'm Pastor Diogo Carvalho, missionary at the Home Mission Board of the Brazilian Baptist Convention and professor of missiology at the Baptist Theological Seminary in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Welcome to the Missional Thinking Podcast. Missional Thinking. Since last week, we have been reflecting together on small group discipleship, and it was inevitable to address the issue of small group churches or cell churches. The subject is so exciting that I decided to segment it in two episodes in order to dedicate one, that is, this one, to address the biblical question that involves the multiplication of small groups. Or small multiplier groups found in the New Testament? Are they, in fact, elements of what could be considered a biblical ecclesiology? What is the relationship between small groups and church polity? That's what we'll talk about in this episode. Stay tuned. Some criticize the leadership structure formed in a small group church because no such structure can be found in the New Testament. They also accuse the system of generating a fight for position in the church as if group leadership, supervision, coordination, and network shepherding were a kind of a career plan. Let's look more closely at these two objections. Regarding the objection that says that the cell church is not found in the New Testament, The counter-argument is that, while this is partially true, there is also no explicit prohibition against it. In reality, what I realize is that those who question the validity of small groups in the light of the New Testament do so from an ecclesiological perspective, seeking to analyze the leadership structure of the groups as an institutionalized hierarchy. It seems to those ecclesiologists that the small group leader is elevated to the position of church official, and this is problematic to them because the Bible simply does not mention small group leaders. You either have pastors or deacons. Small group leaders are not there in the New Testament. However, I believe there is a misunderstanding here. Small group leadership is not an ecclesiological position. Small groups are a mission fulfillment strategy, not an official ministry like pastors and deacons. These are matters of a very different nature. I already talked about this in episode 5, when I approached one of the crucial key shifts for evangelization in the 21st century, leading people, not things. It's worth checking out. Still on this question of whether small groups are found in the New Testament or not, one author who can help us is Dave Early. Dave has written several books on small groups, leadership, evangelism, and discipleship, one of them exclusively for Brazil, The Three Things That Every Pastor Must Do, published in 2018. The first two things are to pray and preach the word, but in addition to them, Dave works on a fundamental leadership principle present in several parts of the Bible. The need to form and multiply leaders and to share leadership with chosen leaders among the people. Dave sees this, for example, in Jethro's advice to Moses in Exodus 18, in Jesus' own choice of apostles, 
in the institution of the deacons and in Paul's guidance to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Very interesting. But there is no one better than Dave Early himself to clarify his views on small groups. Exclusively for this podcast, I asked Dave how he would respond to people who think and defend that discipleship through small group multiplication is not found in the Bible. Listen to his answer. What would you say to someone who disagrees with multiplying small groups under the argument that they're not seen in the New Testament? I would say four things in answer to that question. Number one, small groups and house churches are central in the New Testament. When Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, his disciples heard that commission and the way they made disciples was to start multiplying house church movement. The church in Jerusalem had two primarily primary meeting places, the temple courts, and they met from house to house, Acts 5.42. In Acts chapter 6, we find the apostles focusing on prayer, teaching the word, and making disciples, and the result was the church was multiplied. They didn't multiply the temple courts, they multiplied what was happening in the houses. Think about the strategic church in Ephesus. They had a larger meeting place, the classroom of Tyrannus, but they also were a family of multiplying house churches. Paul said that when he went there, he taught both publicly and from house to house, Acts 20.20. These house churches multiplied into the surrounding cities. Described in Acts, uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, we read about the churches in these cities, Smyrna and Philadelphia and Thyatira and Laodicea. This is where the church multiplied from Ephesus into these cities. You can also read in um, the end of Paul's letters to the Romans and 1 Corinthians where he mentions house churches. The whole biblical concept of a church as a family, a flock, a body relate to how they did ministry in smaller gatherings, house churches and micro churches. The second thing I would say is small groups are central in church history. You gotta remember there were no church buildings for the first 300 years of Christianity. Churches met in homes. One scholar would said it would be safe to say that the first three centuries belonged to the house church movement. Think about the Methodist movement of the 18th century. When John Wesley died, he left 100,000 disciples meeting in 10,000 smaller groups. Well, these groups multiplied. In the next 100 years, the number of Methodists multiplied to 450,000. Third thing I would say is multiplying house churches are the method God is using right now in the world to spread the gospel. Think about China. In the early 1970s, there were maybe three million Chinese Christians. Today, they say there's as many as 130 million. And this has happened primarily through the multiplication of house churches. Last thing I want to say is remember that multiplication of small groups is a method. 
Methods aren't bad or good necessarily. It depends on how you use them. For example, because of COVID, a lot of churches have gotten online and have found out we can reach a lot of people we were not reaching before online. You say, well, they didn't have online uh, church services in the New Testament. Well, that doesn't mean we shouldn't use that method to reach more people. I believe God uses the multiplication of small groups as an effective method in making disciples. When you do it well, when you combine fellowship and biblical instruction and worship and the use of spiritual gifts in a decentralized fashion, it becomes a hothouse for developing, multiplying spiritual leaders. It helps us fulfill the great commission. Dave's arguments speak for themselves. Not only in the biblical matter, but also those who know him can tell how much he has lived through everything he teaches. In particular, I have been much blessed by his friendship and influenced by his vision and passion for lives, discipleship, and the multiplication of small groups and churches. I want to encourage you to read his books and follow him on social media. It will be very enriching for your own ministry and walk with the Lord. Concerning possible distortions in the small group system, such as an exacerbated hierarchy and the race for positions, what I have come to realize is that when this occurs, it is due to other factors, such as theological distortions on the biblical ethics of service and leadership. All the well-founded accusations I witnessed against unhealthy cell church models concern churches with a number of other theological difficulties. The system itself was not to blame for distortion and heresies. Furthermore, if the argument for not working with small multiplier groups is that we want to be biblical, we should also ask ourselves whether we are being biblical in our way of practicing the reciprocal New Testament commandments or the one another commandments. As commandments, they are not optional. We can be biblical in church polity, but still fail to be so in the practice of those commandments. Why can't we have both? After hearing all of this about small group discipleship, I don't want you to think that the authors like Joel Kominsky overlook the importance of discipleship within the church as a whole. Not at all. Kominsky likes to recall the famous expression of Bill Beckham of the two-winged church, that is, a church that has strong celebrations and small groups. For Kominsky, the church with good worship services and good small groups is better equipped to make disciples who make disciples than a church that has only one wing or the other. While discipleship for Kominsky happens mainly in the small group, he recognizes the role of the whole church in Christian growth. He says, self-discipleship is more intensive and practical. Celebration discipleship helps members see the big picture, since everyone loves it in a festive setting. Both are essential in the process of becoming more like Jesus. Finally, 
If you haven't read anything from Joe Kominsky and Dave Early, I suggest you again start reading some of the books and follow them on social media. It will be worth it. If this is the case, filter what may or may not be applied to your context. Also, I'd encourage you to pay a visit at a church that works in small groups. This will help guide your thinking about the mission and putting it into practice in your church. I'm looking forward to being with you in the next episode, where we will begin to talk about one-on-one discipleship. It will be awesome! My thanks to friend and missionary Owen Barr, who has helped me smooth my English writing and pronunciation.